Section 23 of Birds and Nature, Volume 11, Number 4, April 1902. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andrea K. The Spring Migration in Central Mississippi in the former article under this title attention was paid to the warblers only in the present one i will try to give you some idea of the other birds that in spring take part in this general movement northward a few birds that cannot properly be classed among the winter residents visit us now and then on warm summery days in january and february they may be called the advance guard of the great army of migration conspicuous among these are the bluebird and the hermit thrush two birds closely related but very different both in coloring and disposition the bluebird is one of the first birds to be learned by the country children his bright colors cheerful music and affectionate trusting disposition make him a general favorite right here permit me to digress enough to say that too little encouragement is given the children of our public schools especially in the country to learn the names and habits of our common birds a little time and effort judiciously expended by the teacher in guiding the pupils to an understanding and love of the bird life about them would be an investment paying large dividends in quickened perceptions and increased interest in the too often dull and distasteful round of schoolwork the hermit thrush is a lover of the deep dark shades where he can sit on a twig and watch the stirring life about him without being a part of it a kind of chimney corner philosopher if you please the rufous tail in sharp contrast to the olive brown head and back will tell you his name every time for he is the only member of the thrush family found in these regions in which the color of the tail differs materially from that of the back i remember one afternoon in february seeing one in the shade of a thick-topped holly here he remained quite unconscious while we peered at him through the opera glass discussed his coloring and consulted the pocket manual to see what chapman said about him an occasional jerk of the tail or a slight movement of the head being the only indication of life in the graceful figure before us late in march or early in april come the purple martin the bank swallow and chimney swift all cheerful birds whose only apparent aim in life is to sail about through the air in pursuit of gnats and flies the noisy chatter of the martins as they wheel and turn about near the house is one of the most agreeable sounds in all the gamut of bird voices they are very numerous in parts of mississippi but the only place in the north where i have ever seen them in any considerable numbers is on the maumee not far from the little town of waterville ohio the bank swallow and chimney swift are smaller and less conspicuous than the martin less noisy but quite as useful soon after the swallows appear the flycatchers the tyrant wood peewee phoebe bird acadian and great crested what figure is more familiar on hot summer days than the kingbird or tyrant flycatcher perched on a mullein stalk now and then darting down from his perch to capture some straying gnat the acadian stops for only a very short stay you will find him in the deepest shades where the gloom and dampness suit his sombre fancy 
the wood peewee is also a gloomy soul possessing no gift of color or song to attract the eye or hold the fancy his long drawn-out monotonous note always reminds me of hot august afternoons when all other bird voices are silent as the grave and summer reigns with undisputed sway the prince of woodland flycatchers both from point of coloring and attractive personality is the great crested his olive-brown back whitish breast and sulphur yellow belly give him a more brilliant appearance than the others just mentioned his character too is better for he is neither as belligerent as the kingbird or as gloomy as the acadian and wood peewee his call is not unmelodious though it would be misleading to call it a song april brings the orioles to play their not insignificant part in the great color scheme of nature at this resurrection season i always associate the coming of the orchard oriole with the opening of the chickasaw roses and the arrival of the baltimore with the blooming of the yellow poplar liriodendron tulipifera for several seasons i caught my first glimpse of the baltimore's flame and black in the top of a tall poplar and heard his cheery whistle as he dodged in and out among the great cups making a breakfast on the insects whose hum made the whole woods drowsy a few brief days of rest and pleasure in this land of flowers and the orioles are gone except a few pairs that stay to rear their families in these solitudes a long slim brown body a stealthy way of sliding in and out among the vines and limbs and a shy suspicious air mark the black-billed cuckoo or rain crow he too stays but a few days when you see the rain crow it is time to look for the wilson's thrush but it was never my privilege to hear him sing in these forests perhaps he is tired out with the long journey from the land of eternal summer and wishes to be seen not heard writers tell us that this thrush is very plentiful in certain localities but in this section of the south i saw only two specimens in four years the musician of the thrush family of the whole woods for that matter in some points a successful rival of the mockingbird is the wood thrush dark cinnamon brown of quite a uniform tint above and white breast spotted with round black or dark brown enable one to pick him out easily from the rest of the thrush family i remember hearing one sing at a negro baptizing just at sunset of an april day after the immersion had taken place as the officiating elder led the candidate to the bank of the pond clear negro voices raised one of the good old hymns as the words of the last verse died away on the evening air and the elder raised his hand to pronounce the benediction a wood thrush in the nearby forest began his vespers sweet clear as a silver bell the notes arose tinkling reverberating tender but dignified voicing in a half-unconscious way the solemn emotions of the hour what is there in the singing of even the best of trained choirs to compare with this simple voice of nature without affectation or conceit arousing the feelings and appealing to the noblest instincts of our common nature birds crowd in upon us bullbat chuckwill's widow turtle dove gray-cheeked thrush and titlark come to see us 
some to stop and add their own individual element to the local coloring others after a few hours of rest to continue their way northward multitudes of sparrows jays thrashers nuthatches titmice woodpeckers etc that have enjoyed our hospitality during the winter and part of the spring pack up their effects and leave for summer is almost here the bird that to my mind is distinctly the advance agent of summer has well been called the summer tanager he delays his coming until straw hats and linen suits appear then what a dash of warm color he brings seated on the topmost bough of a tall oak where the sun's rays fall full upon him he gives such intense palpitating color that one's eyes are almost blinded looking at him rich as is the red of the cardinal it appears soiled and tarnished beside the summer tanager with a sigh we realize that the spring migration is over for this year but there is one consolation only a part of its music is hushed the soul of southern bird life the mockingbird is left inconspicuous by reason of his quaker gray suit he makes up in attractive manners and variety of musical gifts what he lacks in other respects it is quite impossible to do justice to this bird either in describing his bubbling effervescent life during the nesting season or in giving an adequate idea of the effect produced upon the senses by his exquisitely beautiful nocturnes one march night some noise just outside my window awakened me i arose and raising the window listened the full moon almost in the zenith was flooding the landscape with a weird soft light the shadows of the cedar hedge a few yards away lay black as ink the very air was heavy with the perfume of the jessamine abloom in a neighboring forest in the cedars a mockingbird sang to himself a sweet dreamy song giving more complete expression to the mystery the romance the passion the rapturous content of a southern moonlit night than any poem that poet's hand has ever written james stephen compton end of section twenty three recording by andrea k